Blog Talk Radio. one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. You my name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane jump. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Okay. Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy, which is a podcast from the Geek Girl's perspective, and I am the head huntress. Holy fuck shit! <laughs> I thought we were going to come on, do an hour recap, and out. But that had to be one of the biggest clusterfucks of an Oscar ceremony I have ever seen. Last year was just boring. This year, what the fuck happened? And we're not just talking about the bitch slap that was heard around the world. I mean, there were historic wins. There were upsets, which I called, by the way. And there was also train wrecks of performances all through it. And, and commercialism. And what the fuck was it going on with the Oscars? Anyway, we're going to have a quick discussion about this tonight, folks. And let me bring on my sexy witches. Residing from La La Land, both of my co-hosts tonight. Uh, first of all, we have my warlock of Orange County, my cousin in spirit. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Aaron Cogan. Hello, you're on with Sexy Witches. Yo, yo, yo. Um, if you would, please refer to me tonight as a vessel of love. Vessel of love. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. The vessel of love. You know, I am going to write that on your uh, note here so I can make sure I call it vessel of love. Yes. Okay. Vessel of love. 
I think that uh, I think that year after year, I think it's becoming more predictable. I think that uh, mm. Awards Daily said that 22 out of 23 were predicted pretty easily. Um, Oof. I think it's because there are just too many Guild Awards and too many. Uh, they they have editing awards, they have writing, they have scripter awards, and I think they got to dial back yeah. on the precursors so that the show becomes more unpredictable. I think that, I mean, yes, we had the slap, but it'd be nice if the Oscars weren't so forecasted <laughs> in advance that everyone can predict 22 out of 23. Yeah. I mean, there there were some pleasant wins. First of all, we had uh, Coney Tosser, who won for the first, um, was the second person that was deaf, and he won the first male to win supporting actor, um, which was awesome for Coda. Um, we also, my, I think, honestly, the biggest surprise tonight for me was Jessica Chastain winning for Eyes of Tammy Faye. I thought that was awesome. I yeah. did not call that. Uh, and uh, very pleased because I like Jessica Chastain, Chastain. And that movie is actually way better than had any right to be. Uh, so, uh, you know, so congratulations. Great script. Yeah, well, you know, good writing. And, and it also won makeup which is hysterical because, you yep. know, we all remember, and at least in my conscious memory, I remember what Tammy Faye used to look like. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, uh, of course, given... go ahead, Raven. Oh, I, oh, Sam, when that award was given, it just reminded me of how when you talk about the sound category, how it's always the loudest that usually wins. It's like the loudest makeup wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's that perfect. wasn't true for Sam yeah. because Dune was not by far not the loudest movie I saw no, last year. Which they, I, they, they I, I did I did see Dune right before air and I was actually really surprised. Neither one of you told me it ends like a third of the way through the first book. Yeah. Like there's yeah, so but, much left of the book. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a bit tragic for, uh, I think, in the technical, I don't know if we're going to the technical later, I think Power of the Dog, best score, I mean, I, I like a good violin score, like, you know, a good, uh, and uh, Nightmare Alley also, I think, deserves some love on the technical end, too, so. Yeah. I actually thought it was going to be evenly distributed between Dune yeah. product, and, and Corella, which did win its category costumes. and, and Yay, which and, I called it, and Dune yeah. and Power of the Dog. But no, they gave them all the Dune with the exception of, of costumes, which went to Corella, which yes, you called, but we all kind of knew that movie. That movie is a like wet, costumer's wet dream. I mean, you're just oh, given yeah. a Disney budget and told to go. You know? Matter of fact, I found well, that Yeah, but the way she was talking about it in her acceptance speech. Yeah. Yeah, because she was under the gun big time. I had no idea. Yeah, uh, that's like, that's no, why God help us. You know, it, as much as we talk about how bad the Oscars are, how bad this particular Oscars definitely was, I still fucking love the Oscars and the acceptance speeches and hearing about things like yeah, I almost turned it down because it was just impossible to do all that in this little time, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I I love that stuff. That's Hollywood. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the ceremony itself because let's start with the good part of it. And honestly, the strongest part for me 
of the Oscars last uh, this weekend was the red carpet. Um, I thought the red oh, carpet yeah. was a very, very, I watched the whole thing with my evil genius and we really, really enjoyed this year's red carpet. Um, it, it, not all the costume, all the, uh, ball gowns were a, a hit, but they all were, but this year was pretty solid. Um, Raven, do you have any standouts that you liked or disliked on the red carpet this year? I did not catch the red carpet, actually. I didn't get to tune in until exactly five. Oh, so you didn't get to see any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, when the, just when the ceremony started. I'm sharing a TV now with six different people, so i got to take what I can get. Okay, I can, I can dig that. <laughs> um, my, my, uh, first of all, um, my, my evil genius wanted me to make sure everyone knew that Kristen Stewart – was so hot you couldn't look at her. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, agree. so how do we feel about wearing shorts to the uh, Oscars as a nominee? No. I mean, she no? got away with it, but no. Uh-uh. The Oscars, uh-huh. come on, let's go glove territory. My 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 friend Cindy, who always does an excellent like like recap of the of the red carpet, said that her statement was, uh, "There's no way in hell I'm winning, and I don't care." <laughs> so, so um, I I was I would say my favorite look of the night was probably a, a Lupita Nyong'o's. Um, not just her look, yeah. but also she had to sit behind Will Smith during that whole thing, too. So watching her face was kind of gold. Uh, but everything about her was gold that night. She had gold costume, and, and, and when she spun, it had tassels. It was actually really good. I would also say Ariana Bois was dressed to win an Oscar. I mean, she even had this, like thing in her hand that looked like the color of an Oscar and when she posed it looked like she was holding one of the Oscars that were up against the wall on the red carpet like she was ready <laughs> so uh, I liked her anybody that was wearing red won yes on uh, during the Oscars um, the, the guy who played uh, Zhang Ji uh, he also was in a red tux and I thought he looked oh, bad yeah. oh yeah I didn't Absolutely see did. the red carpet myself uh, but uh, I think that, well, I, yeah, I think Kirsten Dunn, I, I tend to like people who are dressed tastefully. I'm not sure why you show like three times as much cleavage during the Oscars as you do during any other event. So I think Kirsten Dunst was very tasteful. I think Simu Lee, uh, who I've become a big fan of recently as I've been watching a sitcom. Um, I think we should, if we are going to talk about fashion, I'm not sure why Timothy Chalamet looked like he was, uh, he, like he was shirtless and what, I don't know what an effect on what what kind of he was. He, he, he that didn't was something. Look I don't know. He was shirtless. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah. Whatever you call that thing, where you're just you know an unbuttoned shirt in the middle of everything was like he was uh, a flamenco guitarist or something. I don't know. I I will say <laughs> that I thought the actual blazer was really really nice. Like it, it was lacy yeah. and kind of cool, but the boy needs to get Mostly. his hand. Oh my God! I felt like I was blind <laughs> looking at that chest. He is white, white, white boy. Uh, <laughs> so he needs uh, to get a what? A, a, uh, what did you say he needs to get? A tan. 
A tan. A tan. Yeah. A tan. Yeah. He, he has a what? He's already pasty, but his chest is like uber pasty. I mean, like it was like, oh my god, I didn't hate it, but it, but I also thought, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, now there is those kind of things that women wear that are just part of a tux. That might have worked um, underneath that. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, you know, but you know, it, the the younger the younger Hollywood actually was bringing it. They were kind of like saying, you know what, we're going to do what we want this year. And you know, I can't really blame them because you know traditions and norms. You know, the 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 old fogies club is finally starting to lose its grip on the ampass. And uh, I, I'm kind of glad they are because for years we weren't getting any. You know, we weren't getting much. Diversity wins. We're getting a lot of complaints. Like, you know, Bear, like, I remember Xavier Cougat um, bitching about Brokeback Mountain that he would never vote for something like that. He also said he would never vote for a horror film. So, Xavier you know, Cougat, the conga player? The, not Xavier Cougat. I, I'm sorry. I always do I that. Ernest in the Borgnine. I meant Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> I always do that. Wow. I don't know. I meant Ernest Big difference. He was he was nine. referenced briefly in um the being the Ricardos, which is the uh as uh, the as the mentor of uh and employer of uh, Desi Arnaz. Yeah, no, right. I, I screwed being... up, Aaron. You're you're absolutely right. No, I meant Ernest Borgnine. Rest in peace, Ernest Borgnine. Um, but he said he would never vote. There there is a contingency of the old Hollywood that will never vote for a horror film, never vote for a comedy for best picture. Uh, you know, and True. and so get them out of the way. Let's bring in some young blood and let a little bit of. You know, not just diversity in in race and creed and 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 you know, we want to get some diversity in film, right? We Did want to Ernest Borgnine win for a comedy? He he, he won Borgnine... for a comedy. Yes, he did. Yeah. But um, he said he he would never understood why anybody would would vote for Brokeback Mountain, and uh, he was very openly yeah. about it. And uh, he also said yeah. he would never vote for horror. Uh, a horror film because he didn't think horror films were worth winning, even though The Shining, you know, there's there's except Silence of the Lamb swept. It's the last movie to sweep. Oh God. Um. But you know, whatever. You know, get get rid of some know, of that. I don't know, man. I agree with you to a point on the younger generation, but you know, as far as what you wear to the Academy Awards, we had our first nip slip. Uh. I don't know, man. Between that and the slap, uh, some comic was saying, you know, was this the Oscars or was this the Source Awards? And I think there might who be a point slipped? there. Who, who yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the uh, Williams sisters. In fact, my oh, wife pointed oh. out here. Uh, I, I will send it to you. I won't post it to uh, Sexy <laughs> Witches, but I will send it to you. Well, there was a lot of strange things happening in this. Boom, there you go. (laughs) Okay, I'll look at this in a second. Okay, so let's move (laughs) on, though, to the red carpet. Even though Billie Eilish was wearing, like, a car, like, there was two trends I noticed. Lots of ruffles, 
and trains. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. the evil genius was not feeling the trains. I, I thought yeah. a lot of people looked like they were wearing curtains this year. Uh, it, but, it, that's what Natalie so said. But, you know, one of them, and I, I'm trying to remember who it was, one of them, it worked so well. She came up there. She turned around. She had the train going behind her and just, mm, she must have practiced that because she framed it just perfectly. So it can work, but it usually doesn't. Yeah, did you I mean, hear the, like, go ahead, Aaron. Did you hear the statistic of about, there's the statistic about Billie Eilish? That she's, no, the, uh, she's the first Oscar winner born in the 21st century. Right. Oh, my God. You're absolutely right. Yes, yes. I and did hear that. Her her brother is the second youngest Oscar winner of all time. Uh, so congratulations to them for kind of breaking that barrier. I, I also thought it was really cute because on the red carpet, Billie Eilish and, and her brother mentioned that they actually started learning how to write songs by writing fake Bond movie songs. So this goes back to their roots. So, you know, nice. how cute is that? Uh, you know, I, I, I they yeah. learned to write by watching Bond movies. How cute. You know, so, you know, there were some, there were some positive moments even among the clusterfuck. Go ahead, Raven. It's, oh, yeah. It's really nice to see a brother and sister that don't have the Angelina Jolie vibe with her brother where they were like all making up. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, like, but, uh... No, it was charming. This is charming. This is the kind of brother-sister love I want to see. Not whatever the hell Angelina Jolie did and tried to dishonor his face in front of the United States. Um, that was scary. Fair. Yeah. yeah, the Oscars are populated with all kinds of crazy moments. Like, the, I mean, that was actually the very year before I watched my first Oscars. But there's all uh-huh. kinds of crazy stuff that's happened during the Oscars. Trust me, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's been crazy things, but this year just seemed like it was jam packed with crazy. And speaking of crazy, let's talk yeah. about the hosts this year. There were three. Well, you know, we had oh. Wanda Sykes, you had uh, Amy Schumer, and you had Regina King. What do we think of their overall performance? Oh, the material was terrible. Immediately noticed was that Amy Schumer was taking jokes off of Twitter again, again. Mm. Leonardo DiCaprio joke that's from Twitter. Mm. Uh, Yeah, she's just stealing jokes again, and she got called out immediately um, while it was happening. But I guess nobody cares. So. That's what I thought. You're right. I thought that, I think that whatever, I think that Regina Hall doesn't have a comic background, so the other two were really strong choices, and I think three's a crowd. I also think with Regina Hall's display of putting four guys up there and objectifying them, I thought it was weird. That was weird. That was, but that I was got, what I wanted Twitter to say. I started to say that this it was almost offensive, and like if you did it with women, it would be like extremely offensive. And I think maybe there's a little merit to that. I, I actually agree. I, I I thought that I was like, okay. I, I actually think I what did I post? I posted sexual misconduct plus Regina Hall equals comedy. <laughs> you know, I. I, I well, Regina like, Hall does have a comedy background. She was freaking hilarious in the um. Uh, the screen parody, scary movie film series. She was oh, oftentimes yeah. some of the best stuff in those movies. And those movies were pretty funny. 
but uh, yeah, total failure. What's wrong is that her comedy styling is from kind of this 1990s TV comedy, and that's what still comes out. It doesn't match with the other comedy styles that are up there. If she had been the only host, it would have been fine. But because Hmm. she's with someone who's doing more like Wanda Sykes is much more old school, like, um, you know, Chicago style. And, you know, they have different styles, which is fine, but that doesn't necessarily mean they go together. What's a Chicago style to... You know, like, um, sorry, like... uh, Improv. I can't remember there. Like UBC uh, kind of... uh, God damn it. Um... Hey guys, guess what? We're gonna hold what? this stop for what? a minute. We have okay. a caller. What? We have a caller. We're gonna bring him on in just a second. And if people are listening, we do accept live call-ins at six four six seven one six nine one seven two. Once again, that is six four six seven one six nine one seven two. The sexy witches are looking forward to your call. Let's see who's on the line. Are we ready? Um, three two three area code. Welcome. You are on with the sexy witches. Yeah, the name by itself is kind of intriguing. The sexy witches. I came here because <laughs> I saw the um, the photo, and I guess you were good. To, you were talking, or going to talk, or have talked about Will Smith and Chris Rock. So I wanted to Wait. join in on that conversation. Well, yeah, we definitely yeah. we, we we were actually. Um, haven't quite covered it yet, but we knew people were going to talk about it. So please, sir, <laughs> share who you are and then share your opinion. My name, my name is, my name is Joe. And I talked about it already with other people. And there's different nuances to just, um, an assault and battery could be a simple assault and battery, but there's other different components that people have not really uh, thought of except individually, but people as a whole haven't thought of all of them together. Like, for example, there may be bad blood between Will Smith and um, and Chris Rock, dating back to 2016, the Oscars. And even before then, I think that Chris Rock had talked about Will Smith, not very, very acerbically, but he had been talking about the family. And even though you're a celebrity and you're supposed to be a public figure and you're supposed to take all of that nonsense um, with a grain of salt, I don't think a lot of people do, and especially people in Hollywood with their egos. So there may be bad blood there. Secondly, mm. once what some another person told me was that there's supposed to be a G.I. Jane 2 movie coming out. And Jane Pinkett is supposed to be in it. A 2023 production. So if that's the oh, case, wow. then the joke is actually an appropriate joke. It's not really a joke, possibly, but not really just a joke on the surface aimed at her bald head. Now, I took a look at IMDb, and I couldn't find this upcoming G.I. Jane 2, so I don't know how true that particular narrative is. Um, And another component is he went down the aisle. I didn't see that part. I saw the part about where he says, um, Jada Pinkett, G.I. Jane, love you. You know, it didn't seem to me to be, you know, it didn't seem to be hateful. It didn't seem to be rather insulting. But at the same time, he was he was ranking on people in the in the um in the same row for I don't know four or five people from what I heard, so he set up a routine he set up a little pattern he didn't single out Jada Pinkett, so when he came to her True. she was just another face in the crowd, 
But at the same time, when I just mentioned, it may be bad blood. It may not matter to Will Smith. So uh, another interesting part that I thought about, are you, you want to jump in? Sorry, didn't mean to hog your show. It's okay. Uh, We're listening. If you go to CNN, Chris Rock just broke his silence about 30 seconds ago. Oh. What? What did he oh, say? Yeah, what did he say? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to uh, – Chris Rock on Oscars incident. I'm still processing what happens. Huh. Sure That's the headline is. story at 8.44 p.m. Eastern. Well, uh, ah, he see. is actually right now performing his first, like, stand-up routine in many, many years. And it's funny because he had okay sales, and then suddenly he sold out the show. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to talk about it tonight during his performance. Now, see, that's, like a, that's another component. 700 bucks. The thing is, though, is that, yeah, okay, Chris Rock, I mean, he's supposedly a millionaire, but, you know, that's not, that's not how much you own. It's how much you owe. For all we know, he could be a, um, somebody who's two, two hours away from being evicted. But the thing is, hmm. is it worth it for him to be slapped to be, if it's a staged event between he and Will Smith? Is it worth it for him to be known as a punk-ass bitch for the rest of his life just uh, so he know, could uh, – no, I don't he, think it, um, I, he I'm pretty on sure it's not that a work. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have a lot of connections in the professional wrestling indie scene, and they immediately voiced that was not a work. And I don't think it was a yeah. work either. I'm pretty sure that was legit. Um, so uh, it was it, you know, I cannot honestly say that there isn't a place for violence. Uh, in the world um, as a professional wrestling fan and also a hockey fan. I was mentioning this to Raven earlier because I am a hockey fan. I just watched Wilson punch the crap out of some rookie a couple nights ago. Um, You know, so I I can't say that there isn't a place for violence in our world, especially let's just say there's a big war happening and Ukraine needs to fight back, right? Um, But was it appropriate to walk up on stage in the middle of a – um, like, like ninety million, ninety countries watch the Oscars, yeah. and what ten or eleven million people were watching at that moment. To lose your temper, lose your composure that much, so you have to walk up and bitch slap your friend on international television. I don't think you know he should have. This is how. Let's go ahead and talk about this. I I, I think what he should have done is he should have waited. Because Jada Pinkett just rolled her eyes. You watch. She just rolls her eyes. It's like, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, he should have waited and did what all other people that have disagreements at these things do. Wait till the governor's ball, get really drunk, and then have the fight. <laughs> oh, okay. Have the fight then. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I think that he um, – I think what's more interesting than the sort of articles that I'm reading over, this person is right or that person is right, is – why do we? Why is this so irresistible for us to form an opinion about? And I think that it's just one of those events like Britney Spears' conservatorship or maybe on a darker note like Kyle Rittenhouse where it just embodies so much of our cultural values about chivalry and what's the proper role in comedy because, I mean, yeah, I was comedy gonna, itself is I was going to talk review. about that. Yeah. Say that again? I was going to talk about that too. 
Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's, it's, worth it's, talking about. it's something that puts our values to the test, and we just really, really want to – it's one of those things that it's sort of safe to weigh in on, and we just really want to – I mean, we are gobbling this news up way more than uh-huh. – I'm surprised we would. So uh, it's, it's do, do we know if Chris Rock knew about the alopecia before he made uh, the joke? We have to be determined. No, we don't know so far. Because, I mean, she really that's, only came public another, about right. that about two weeks ago. So, yeah, well, two weeks ago, I'm she said, I don't give a damn what anyone thinks about my bald head in Us magazine. It was a huge thing that she didn't give a about it. He or she? So, you know, she, she. Jada. Yeah. She was on. I mean, she was on the. What was it? It was that that show that's the equivalent of a view, and she was talking about her right. moment. How long right, ago right. was that? Well, people. How long ago? I mean, a week ago. Oh, okay. Two weeks. Ago. Yeah, I mean, they're public figures and they're under a lot of stress. I think that Will Smith has probably seen his fair jokes. I think that he also has. He also was one of the few black stars in the '90s that was really pushing a lot of barriers. So he he probably has been getting pushed back for a long, long time. And I think that I can understand that for a guy who's been classy and may, doing all the right things for 30 years, that sometimes sorry, he just snaps. <laughs> Do not say well, well, he alluded, he alluded <laughs> to that up there on the stage. Because he said, you know, you take so much, uh, you, I think he said you take so much crap for such a long time. When he was crying, and yeah. he also uh, made, he also made mention of Jada Pinkett rolling her eyes. Now here's another new one. This is pissing me off. <laughs> That's the only reason he apologized. I'm sorry. Say that again, please. Right. Yeah, it's hard to hear you. He only apologized because he won an Oscar. Yeah, well, I mean, when he wins the No, Oscar, he might have apologized sincerely. It, that it's kind of I mean, that's a bit of a cancel culture kind of thing. We don't we don't know what mm-hmm. He didn't apologize to Chris though. He only apologized to the audience and yeah. to the academy. And yeah, the academy has said on he was a million other asked things like leave. God and hmm. and he also said at the end of his speech, the very last sentence, I hope the academy invites me back. So, yeah. right. You know, he, he might have been he kissing was, He was asked to leave, but not very forcibly. Um, supposedly, uh, you know, the Academy was like, uh, everyone was kind of in shock. I think that was part of it. Uh, you know, no one knew how to handle it. Because everyone knew he was about to win. When, when, when he won, my evil genius and I, we started doing the chant from wrestling. This is awkward. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it was. Yeah, I felt know. the same way. Explain it to me like I'm really not that quick. How do you assault someone, get asked to leave, and say no? I don't think he got asked to leave. The Academy on record said they did ask him to leave and he refused. With they asked, okay, I, read a, I read a report that, that the Academy, I read a report the next day that the Academy, like, board members were all sitting in different parts of the room and they didn't have time to assemble. And 
make a decision about it. So no, no, that the Cell investigation, uh, the preliminary, uh, they said this, this evening. It came out this evening that they did actually ask him to leave, and he refused. That was what. That's their official. That's the official statement. No kidding. So, yeah, I don't understand yeah. that. I, I don't get how how you get to do that. I think that's because changing their story. That's just my They might theory. be changing their story, uh, but it doesn't make any sense to change their story. Um, you know, like I said, the, the being in shock, I, I totally validate because everybody was in shock. And it kind of, like when Amy Schumer had to come out after that, she was like, you know, I, I she made it try to make a joke out of it. You know, I was hanging from the ceiling and suddenly the mood changed. You know, <laughs> she tried to make yeah, the. Did anything happen while yeah. I was gone? That was yeah. actually yeah. one of my favorite about jokes. Hosts. <laughs> can we can we keep talking about the host a bit because um, I thought we could also talk about the. Some thought it was a little bit disrespectful about the seat fuller joke, and I thought that was the highlight of the night. I thought that was very what, clever. What joke? Yeah, I don't the think that was disrespectful. I, I think that there's, a, I think there's a lot of cancel culture on the internet, but I think that uh, that uh, Amy Schumer said of Kirsten Dunst, he tr- she treated her like a seat filler, and I think a lot of people on the internet just don't didn't get the joke. It was a great joke. Yeah, I, I don't agree. think it was disrespectful. The only jokes, the one thing I did, I was very disappointed in on the hosting is that Wanda Sykes is one of the funniest women on the planet. I, I usually laugh my ass mm-hmm. off at her, and I thought most of her segments felt dead, especially the one where she was walking around the Academy Museum. I didn't think it was very funny yeah. at all. What happened? Nope. I well, thought it was funny. funny. I was like, you could be giving out technical words during this point. <laughs> instead of I, yes. I thought it was very yeah. Wanda. It was very on point. And, and also, I want to point out that that this was still a long show. It was the second longest show in since 2000 or something they along those over. lines. They went yeah, over. They, yeah. they still went over, and and it and they saved exactly eight minutes. Ugh. And Good I job, heard that man. they controversially cut the speeches, like the portions of the speech for um, best uh, one of them was. Um, someone saying we are hoping that next year we'll get back on the Oscars main stage or something and they edited that out because they just thought that made the Oscar producer oh. look bad. So that's a well, whole new controversy that didn't yeah, get the oh, press. Man, I didn't like, the, 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 the bitch slap was just the pinnacle of a lot of clusterfuck because um, they, they yeah. first of all, they, even though this was rare, they only played off two play- people this Oscars which is rare but one of them was the costumer, which was, you know, questionable. But the one that really I thought was disrespectful is when they played off the, the director of Drive My Car for best, when he won Best International Feature. He was taking his time because he didn't speak English very well. And yeah. he was trying to do the speech in English. And whoever was on that button did not give him the time to actually yeah, get his cool. words out. And I thought that was absolutely... And I'm not the only one that felt that way, either. Um, yeah. I thought that was really freaking disrespectful. Um, there was also, after Troy Kotus... I always mess his name up. Kotuser? Is that his last name? How do you say it? The guy that was... <laughs> they, they cut to commercial 
And it was Chris yeah. Pine. Oh, and thank you, Joe, for being on the show, by the way. If you have anything to plug, please let yeah. us know. You can ping me, thank and you, I Joe. will plug your shit. Um, but he, they went to Chris Pine, and Chris Pine clearly had recorded every person's name. And thank you for winning Best yep. Supporting Actor. Here's my new movie. What the fuck was that about? Or they had K-pop, B2K, is that their name? Like going, we love Aladdin. What the fuck? I mean, it had nothing to, you know, there was just so much It's on ABC. Disney owns them. Disney's going to plug itself. Yes, but there's better ways to do it. Here's your top five favorite movie moment, and none of them are Oscar winners. That was the best one. (laughs) <laughs> well, they had Dreamgirls, Effie White, I think, in there. That was kind of a decent surprise, no, 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 but it yeah, was yeah. a little bit odd. I'm about, oh, my God, can I talk? It was a specific one where every single clip was from a non-Oscar-winning movie. I'm not talking about was all it of the, them uh, dance, Things that made audiences stand up and cheer? Because I'd like to talk about how weird it was that they threw the flash from uh, Snyder's cut in there. Because, uh, no. <laughs> No, I just well, stand up and cheer for that. And, and not to mention the the one who won the big award, Twitter award, was was the the Snyder movie, uh, uh, right. the zombie film, uh, right? Go Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, whoa! Wait a minute. Did anybody actually really like that movie? I don't think so. Yeah, it had its moments. Was was there just a bunch of fun, trolls but... voting for Snyder movies? Yes, of course. Snyder yep. has an army, yo. Snyder has a posse. Yeah. His, 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 and if you don't believe it, does. go ask Warner Brothers. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, it, the, it, another person they missed was uh, another nice moment would have been sometimes you have really talented people in the short film category, like Martin McDonnell of uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and In Bruges won the short film. Terry George of Hotel Rwanda won the short film. This time it was uh, Riz Ahmed, one short film. And that would have been a nice acceptance speech. That would have been a cool moment. And um, Yeah. You know, th- there was that going on. Um, there, you know, the, the not having them be allowed to walk up on and give their speeches live, I think, was a huge insult in the end. Because they edited yeah. it to the key moments of whatever the speech they wanted people to hear uh, you know it, 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 it and it didn't save time it just felt mm-hmm. like you know like editing is an afterthought which editing should never be an afterthought we we already knew right. how here, here. insulting that was um you know like i said the whole thing was a clusterfuck um um want to know more clusterfucks uh first of all let's talk about bruno for a minute or let's not talk about bruno um <laughs> God, that was they awful. Did, they, like, well, yeah, first of all, there was, like, this big deal that they cut one of the best song nominees to play We Don't Talk About Bruno, right? And my my yeah. evil genius was like, what if that one wins? I'm like, it's not going to win. It's going to be Billie Eilish, which yeah. he did. Um, you know, but uh, then it wasn't real. And, and, and a lot of parents were kind of upset about it because the kids had stayed up late because it was happened way late in the broadcast. And it wasn't actually the song. It ended up being, once again, another plug for the Oscars and Disney. Here's yep. what you're watching. And they cut the, the best part of the song. For the love of Mike. 
How do you do that? And the, it, the choreography it, for everything was god-awful. I didn't like, like any of it. It all looked you know, rushed and unrehearsed and just unimaginative. And how do you do that? It's Hollywood. They've got choreographers. I've seen them. <laughs> they do have I didn't know who the singers were. Well, some of them they were the, the they were the they actors. Had, oh, they, they were the actors yeah, that, the the <laughs> And then oh. you had Sheila E playing. Except drums. for Megan the Stallion. And Megan, yeah, the Megan the Stallion. Because when you think Encanto, you think Megan the Stallion, don't you? Yeah. I mean, and I, I didn't do. actually mind that that much, but they, I thought, oh, a cool interlude. Except and then they the back to the song, but they didn't actually do that. They didn't. They well, just yeah, cut the song went completely off the rails. <laughs> and it doesn't so. represent what was nominated at all. Huh. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And can we it's, talk about so, the music that they chose for the in memoriam? Oh, good. Why do two people get monologues and no one else does? Does what happened to Patricia right? Hitchcock? She died last year. Hello. Uh, <laughs> oh, right? oh, oh, she, she she got um, a mention on the website. Hey, if we didn't mention oh, yet, go to the website. I thought cool. that was insulting. You know, first Hitchcock. of all, you yes. know, oh, we have a secondary <laughs> list. I mean, they they they. Uh, you want to talk? I mean, they they always miss people, but that they miss Norm Macdonald, Yafiet Koto, and uh, right. Anne Rice. Okay, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Were they not worthy of at least a minute measure? Betty White was. You had four bonds. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say. You had, uh, sorry, you had uh, four key actors of the Bond franchise die in the past year. Uh, Tanya Roberts, Yafit Koto, Michael Lunsdale. I think Sean Connery maybe. No, Sean Connery was like fighting. But you could have put them in the uh, in the bond segment, I guess, if you wanted to sort of distribute it out a little bit. Why, why was no. Trinity introducing the Godfather segment? Why was because you? he's done raps about Godfather, and Godfather is very big in the rap um, zeitgeist. Yeah, but so is um, Lady Wars. Vengeance. But. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to make up an excuse for them. So I I will say though, Francis Ford Coppola, I'm worried about his health. Um, he looks awful. Oh, he didn't look well. Um, it no. was kind of scary when the three of them, the best one, would look Robert De Niro looked the healthiest. Uh, yeah. Right. So. <laughs> now why would I thought it was unfortunate that they couldn't have put Talia Shire, uh, Diane Keaton, Robert Duvall, and Joe Mantegna and um, uh, James Caan in the, you know, like, why are, what, Which, those are, yeah. You're right, Oren, because in the afterwards, in the back, they did take a photo together. Yes, I posted they did. it. Yeah. So why weren't they on stage? Uh, you know, uh, you know. Uh, then there was the White Man Can't Jump reunion, which was cute, yeah, but what does that have to do with the Oscars? Nothing. And it was what? nice. Come on, that was Ready nice. And the Pulp Fiction one was nice, <laughs> but not for that. They could have paired Kevin Costner with uh, one of his, because like some of his female co-stars, like Mary McDonald, haven't really had 
amazing career. So, like, they could have given her a little bit of a kick, a little bit of a boost there. Did, did yeah, Kevin Costner – <laughs> that, that one really went on long. Was he making up his own stuff, or was, was it uh, supposed know, to go that long? His he was, like, was on right. Nice, dude. Everyone said his speech was amazing, but honestly, that happened right after the slap. So I was actually not listening to Kevin Costner at that point. No, I was um, hypnotized in a different uh, world. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, here's the funny thing. Uh, Nathan was actually online with me. He wasn't actually watching the Oscars. He, I had him in the corner. And, and then I told him what was happening. And so I had him so I could watch the Oscars go and do research. He laughed for an hour straight looking for oh, the, the, it was, you know, cause it was just like, he couldn't believe how funny like the slap was. Uh, he was like, Oh my God, this is like the funniest thing. And he was the first one to find the uncensored. Cause I, you know, cause from our perspective, they, the, the first, the main cam, the camera they used was straight forward. So you couldn't actually yeah. see, it looked like he'd punched him in the face at first. Yeah. You know, until I saw the different angle. Yeah, this and when I saw there's yeah. only one angle that looks fake, and it's the one that was on the air, unfortunately. Yeah, like and, and, then, it, and then they muted it, and I was like, what yeah. are they saying? What are they saying? And so uh, Nathan and his magic found some feed from, like, Czechoslovakia or, or something, Australia, some some country that was like I wouldn't know to look at, and they had it uncensored. So he he was able to show me very early on in the broadcast. So while Kevin Costner was like talking, that's what I was doing. I was trying to figure out what the fuck just happened. <laughs> so I have no idea what Kevin Costner said to this day. Was it heartfelt? Uh, not really. No, good. It, I mean, robotic. it showed a. Um, a love of of the craft that a lot of other a lot of other nominees. Someone pointed out a lot of other nominees weren't really even talking about movies and were just doing bits. And you know, can I also mention something else about uh, Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah. Um, he has his first big budget movie coming out. It was supposed to come out like two years ago, but it might come out this year, and it's incredible. And he's spending a hundred. $10 million of his own money because no studios will fund it, so it's going to be like the biggest caption project ever. If you talk, if you talk about someone's personal fortune, it's called Megalopolis, and it has like Oscar Isaac and Kate Blanchett and James Conn and Zendaya, and like everyone's in it. Well, that's interesting. Um, it, it, oh my god. Um, anything else we want to talk about we haven't yes. covered yet i mean <laughs> well i thought we talked about the, rewa- the awards themselves well uh, we did talk about them briefly i mean you know like you know the main awards with the exception of jessica Tastain, were pretty much like the sexy witches called almost every award this year um you know they they were uh, but i do want to say we didn't talk about it but summer of soul did win for best documentary. Yeah. We are, and of all of it, that was probably my favorite win of the night. The one I wanted the most. So that was cool. Um, I did see drive my car right before the broadcast as well, by the way. That's a very strange movie. Like. Do you uh, recommend? Nathan, Nathan just asked me to describe it. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. 
this is how I described it to him. I was like, all right, there's this guy who's a, 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 a theater, you know, mogul. He's an actor. He's a movie. He's a theater director. And he's married to a TV producer wife who has an affair with her hot, young, ingenue male on her set. And he sees her and doesn't say anything. And then she freakishly dies. And he listens to her recording Uncle Vanya for him to practice, and it becomes a metaphor of life. <laughs> That's what it's about. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. It, it's it was really a good not... year for – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just Aaron, saying it was go a good ahead. year for international films. It was actually a good year for international movies. Can you say one thing oh, about oh, <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, Raven. Okay, yay, not a word in. Hiya, so check it. It is not cool to assume what your wife or girlfriend wants you to do. I found it really disempowering to do this for your partner of any kind. Um, If you absolutely have to say something, you can say it from your seat. There is an amazing article by Kareem Abdul-Javar, and he talked yeah. about how this was a disservice to the black community. It's a disservice to men. It's a disservice to women. It's a disservice to the Oscars, but not as much as everything else. And that the most disrespectful thing he ever could have done for his wife is what he did. Thank you. Carry on. You know, I, you know it's well, funny because yeah. there's some people – Raven, that would actually say that, wow, there's still men who who stand up for their wives. There's been a lot of that, too. You know that, right? Yeah, I absolutely know that. That's all I've been hearing. That's why I had to say this, because I think that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. You know, she's not his child. That's his partner. Yeah. But I think he, it's also between him and his wife a little bit. Some people are assuming that like he's he's an, he's an, he abused his wife or he's an abuser, and I'm like, no, that's I don't. I that's mean, that's between him and her a little no, bit. I, I, I don't the, think that comes too about their polyamory. It has nothing to do with their polyamory. That is has nothing to do with that. You know, this is this is yeah. just about what is healthy. And what is not healthy? Let's not do right or wrong. Is it healthy to go smack someone in the face because of words? I I think it's, Raven, I would agree with you that I think what Will did was way more embarrassing than what Chris did because Chris made a joke. Um, right. And that joke, if they, he, she rolled her eyes and if they just moved on, it would have been a blip on the show. But because because Will made it such a big deal, now forever this joke is going to hang in the air and always lurk right. behind the scenes, uh, you know. Yeah. And and there's no need for that. Right. And the reason I don't think Chris Rock knew is because he explained, dude, it's a GI Jane joke. If he was like, exactly. dude, she's bald. What? He didn't say that. You know, he obviously had no idea what that joke meant to Will or Jada. It's funny because there was a lot of Gen Zers out there that didn't know G.I. Jane. Right. Mm. Yeah, of course. Why would you? It's terrible. Most of the people that were, you know, of age when it came out, I didn't see it. 
I didn't see it. it really until, I didn't even so. see it until I knew Viggo Mortensen was in it. Right. And that's usually what happened, and usually about 10 years later. Yeah, like, seriously, I did not yeah. watch yeah, the movie bombed. until I found out Vigo was in it, because I'll watch anything with yeah, Vigo Yeah, that movie in bombed it. in the... I worked at the theater when that was out. Um, it totally tanked. <laughs> so, you know. Um, and a side note, speaking of Demi Moore, did you hear the sad news about Bill Will- uh, Bruce Willis today? Yeah. No. He, he, had, he had to quit... Um, acting. He officially retired from acting today because he has Aaron, what's the name of the disease he has? Um, aphasia. Aphasia, which affects he, he's, your speech. He, he's battling aphasia. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. I know, motherfucker. Yeah, no, it's sad. Yeah. It's actually really sad. That and um, get well, Bruce Willis. I hope I hope things turn out better. I hope we'll see him later on down the road. But he he officially retired from acting today because of that. Because he can't, he has trouble understanding speech and delivering lines. So I was kind of sad to hear. Was he in the middle of shooting a movie? I don't know if he was in the middle of shooting a movie, but clearly he can't he shoot a movie. Yeah, I think he's uh, just announced that he's stepping away from acting because of his, his condition. I don't think he was in the middle of a production of anything. Oh, that's a shame. That's awful. It really is. We'll I'll have to do a Bruce Willis special. <laughs> you need to make him a wild oh, card yeah. um, for the madness. Of yes, so, oh, I showed what did, so we've talked about how we, we predicted the films well, but, I mean, do we like the winners on the whole? <laughs> I will never well, see Coda well, because I don't have Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Well, you might eventually, just not while they have a contract with Apple. It's the same for me. There's honestly so many titles I haven't seen yet. I just saw Encanto. Um, So the most I had seen was from the animated category. But I still haven't seen Power of the Dog. I haven't seen Coda. I haven't seen Spencer. There's a lot of stuff I still need to see. I haven't seen Spencer yet. I did see Power of the Dog. And obviously we all saw Nightmare Alley. um, Right. We were doing our research. (laughs) Which, by the way, didn't win Zilch. Like, I knew yeah. um, bone for something. Yeah, I, I was kind of bummed about that, to be honest with you. I thought it would. I thought it would actually sneak in a production design, even though Dune won the production design. But I was hoping it yeah. was worth it. Speaking of animation, as, as Raven just brought it up, can we talk for a moment about the horrible comment Amy Schumer made? Oh my God! Animation? Yes, please. Aaron, talk about that. Um, Well, there was so much going on, I don't blame you even a little. Um, She said she was very, very dismissive of how animation is just for kids, and I don't even watch anything except Encanto uh, 29 times, Am I Right, Parents? Kind of bullshit comedy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's being edgy. I think that's... Wow, edgy word, yeah. You know, the the live-action short person, who, by the way, won for an adult clip, actually said in the few moments they showed of his speech, 
like you said, that it shows that not all animation is for kids. It's a, it's a medium, and adults watch it too. Yeah. Right. I that. Yeah, I remember right. that. I just I just missed Amy's comment somehow. Yeah, she she was talking about having a toddler, and all she's watched is El Canto. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, she did make a pretty insulting mark of a, you know. But that's always been an issue with animated films: is that you know, oh, it's for kids, cartoons. It's an American thing because yeah, I don't I find really that to be that true in Europe or Asia. Yeah, precisely, and that's what I hate. I think there's some adult animated films like. Wally, uh, Tim Burton's done stuff that has really changed the genre to show its adult capacity. But it's not sure. true, though. It's all, Raven, you talk about this because we know, because you've watched anime as long as I have, that it's mm-hmm. always been an adult thing. Right, yeah. It's, it was very rare for kids' anime until the early 80s. Um, and... And what you would get in kids' anime is so much different, very episodic. Um, until about 85, they added, remember they were doing um, the Wonderful Wizard of Oz anime. And uh, mm-hmm. it came out in the 80s, but it was dubbed in Canada. And the animation is very, very speed racer. And that's when you start to get to the soap <laughs> opera style for kids, when they break up one plot and then – and then leave you at a cliffhanger every episode. Um, that was that was new to the format for kids. So it's taken a while for anime to catch up for the adult uh, for the child genre because what was happening in anime was happening because we couldn't legally show this happening with real actors because of Jan's, uh, Japan's censorship laws. So that's why anime became really big over there because you could do things in animation that you couldn't legally do, um, like show boobs. Penises. <laughs> like you still Tentacles can't show penises <laughs> in anime, right. but if they're a demon or a robot penis, for some reason, that's okay. Right. But, yeah, so there's there's just so much more um, available uh, as an anime maker it's very interesting. But, yeah, they're very much uh, very much started for adults. Well, and then, you know, it also discounts Ralph Bakshi. Ralph Bakshi was doing oh, adult yes. animation going right. back to the late 60s, you know. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and I was raised on Ralph Bakshi movies, you know. Yeah. I, I watched Wizards as a kid because Mark Hamill was – listed as one of the actors on it. Of course, he's in it for like a minute and is shot in a terrible, <laughs> bloody death. But, you know. <laughs> so, when, yeah, to me, I think when you have directors like also Wes Anderson or Tim Burton who who do do stuff in live form and then they have certain films that they say, oh, this project works better in animation, then you can kind of see that, okay, animation is a viable way to tell certain kinds of stories. So I think that was a turning point for me. Well, I, I do think that it gave it to a massive uh, – Tim Burton did open up. But you got to also remember something about Nightmare Before Christmas. It it actually did mediocre in the theaters initially. Right. Yeah. It yep. took years and Hot Topic to get it popular. I mean, it, it's, it's merchandise was bigger than the movie for a long time, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
you know, it took a long time for people to catch on to to uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, now people consider it a classic. I knew it was a classic from the beginning, but then again, I also had connections to the set. So I, I have a very personal connection to that movie. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it's still to this day, even now, people are still taking pot shots at animation as a kid's medium mm-hmm. in America. And it, yeah. it, it's disheartening to me a little bit. Kills and, me. But the, the thing is with that, with Amy Schumer's comment, like I just said, I didn't see it in context. But it really does sound like something that's matter of fact. Like, I, I think a lot of people are just really ignorant to the fact that that's not true. That's actually not true. And a lot of people don't even get that. It sounds like she had no idea for real. And, and not to mention Flea was an animated film, a documentary that was right. definitely not for right. kids. And it was up for two awards. Right. So, you know, um, yeah, you know, she's smoking, but she needs to share. Um, and what what's the the person the the, the company in Ireland that does the the Wolf Walkers mm. and all, that none of the, none of those movies are for kids. Um, the, right. the Secret right. of Kells is fantastic. That's not a kids movie. Um, you know, um, you know. <laughs> the, the, what about what what is also uh, the one with the, the French company that did the movie about the. Uh, the old ladies and the Tour de France. What oh, was yeah. that? Triplets of Belleville. Oh. Triplets of Belleville. That's Triplets not a kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So I mean, it, 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 there there has been repre- adult animation represented in the Oscars, just not you know, but it's still you know this stereotype prevails. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think only among a small subset. Like, my dad is like, oh, this is kids. But, like, his generation is just, you know, dying off. You know, it's not a big deal. And Most people fo- be raised maybe, on Pixar. But once again, the mm-hmm. old fogies are, start, are are losing grip on the Academy. And that is probably – I've been calling it the old fogey awards for years. So maybe this is actually yeah. maybe a positive thing. But Amy Sooner is not that much – I mean, she's she's a, just a little bit younger than us, so um, you know we don't need her saying shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all the to me sound exactly. All the material to me sounded really like they were trans channeling Bob Hope. That yeah, it was, they were you know, so worried about that, saying that, something edgy, like. Oh. You know, I thought they were edgy things. Uh, I didn't think, Orin, I didn't think anything they said was edgy. The only thing that was edgy was Regina Hall's uh, sexual assault skit, and I didn't think that was very funny. Mm-hmm. But, again, you know, that, that, that kind of humor is like something Phyllis Diller would have talked about doing. I mean, she probably wouldn't have had them up and actually groped them, but she, that's, you know, like half well, her that's stick, the thing. Right? I thought the, 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 the calling up the men on the COVID list was actually kind of funny. When she started actually groping them, that's where I thought it was a little bit questionable. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It was I mean, actually, making fun of the open marriage was a little bit of uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith was also a little bit I don't know, a little bit over the line. It's low, it's low hanging fruit, and it's yeah. just because people don't understand polyamory. That's it, and it's annoying. But yeah, it's not a good joke. 
Yeah, you know. I, well, I, they also. I, well, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, oh, well, Wanda Sykes also made fun of the Florida law, which what a bit of an edge. She said the show's going to be gay, 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 or something. Yeah. Well, actually, top. I thought Jessica Chastain calling it straight out during her speech was awesome. Actually, uh, yeah. uh, she just straight up said, "This is bullshit," basically. <laughs> so. You know, um, fuck, fuck, fuck Florida. Can we just cut Florida off with a saw? Like, I'll take my cross saw and just cut it off. I mean, I can do Texas too, but it's a lot harder. It's a lot bigger. (laughs) I have a feeling Kristen Stewart would have been giving, would give, like, because that woman is quite an enigma to me. I think she's kind of a weird person. I don't know. She's got some very artistic, weird tastes. I don't know what she would have given if she went out to the mic. That would have been interesting. I I would have loved a, a surprise win for Kristen Stewart. That would have been cool. Uh, especially in those hot shorts. Have you heard <laughs> her speak before? She's spoken at, like, GLAAD events and stuff. She's an Not amazing really. speaker. Yeah, she's, she's great. Right I think she she's a beautiful really good person. A lot of yeah. people still malign her because and and Robert Patterson for that matter because of Twilight. But you know yeah. they got ca- that that casting was kind of freak freakish, and they didn't. Yeah. They neither one ever truly felt comfortable in that in those roles. You know and and you know I because I, I was like you know the the Christmas Stewart I knew was in Adventureland and all these really strange little quirky indie movies. Yeah, you know and, and then she does. Twilight, you know. Yeah, she's great in Guantanamo if you haven't seen that. I think, yeah, uh, it would have been interesting if none of the actresses had won before because I think they wanted to crown a new, uh, you know, sometimes with Penelope Cruz or uh, Olivia Coleman, they say, well, she already won. Um, I don't know, because it was a really, really close race. I mean, I've seen about three of three or four of those performances. Olivia Coleman was really good. Um, uh, Nicole Kidman was amazing. It's a bit close, so. That was like the only joke that I thought was truly funny from Amy Schumer is when she goes, yeah, yeah there's a movie. Funny. Yeah, she's like a, a movie about Lucy Ricardo with not a single laugh. You know, I good actually job. thought that that one was actually funny. So It was funny, uh, and it was also funny the first time it was on Twitter. Stolen. Nice. Stolen? Oh my God. See, I don't yeah. I don't follow Twitter enough to know when she's stealing. That's so. how she gets away with it. Well yeah. I've written I wrote a couple of at least two essays about how Aaron Sorkin kinda of ruined the movie by you know, he's way too self serious and he has no right making a film about Lucille the Ball. So like I think it's floating around in the air by everyone. It's not like a specific joke that the film is not comedic. I think that her performance is really good, even if she's given bad material. And I think it's miraculous. I think one of my favorite things about the the nominations is that Aaron Sorkin didn't get nominated, since that's always what they do, is they nominate him whatever he writes. And this one was a clunker of a movie, in my opinion. I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately, to give opinion one way or another. I to watch it. I got 15 minutes in, and I screamed so loud. I haven't screamed in years. So, um, first of all, they're both uh, 40 years too old for the roles. Um, she's doing a Lucy 
voice that uh, she's got the smoker thing right, but if you've heard Lucy in interviews and stuff, she's a different Lucy than when she performs. But Nicole's Lucy is neither of those Lucys. Uh, Lucille's ba- daughter really, really, really wanted Nicole Kidman. That's why she's in the movie. Um, but she's hard hmm. to look at. It's Uncanny Valley. Her face is super Uncanny Valley. Um, also, Javier Bardem is about 30 years too old for the role he's playing. Um, and it's very, very forced direction. So you can see them counting in their head when they're walking somewhere. I'm supposed to go to this window now. Now I'm supposed to sit. It's like they didn't rehearse enough or something. It's like not even the oh. final cut. That's what it looks like. Like it was rushed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Aaron Sorkin wanted to tell his own story and not actually tell the story of Lucia LaBall. It felt very like but an Aaron that, Sorkin but project. Kind of yeah, but I mean, I Could you repeat that, please? I was under the understanding that Aaron Sorkin adapted a screenplay from um, a biography. But right? it's the same it's sort of. Really it's the same sort of dialogue as the West Wing or Scandal, where you're worshiping well, yeah, some central finger. And it's sort of like let's worship a creative person as they as the world revolves around them, which the creative person's a stand in for Sorkin is the way I read it. <laughs> okay. I can you know, but let's let's let, you know, we're dwelling on a lot of the negative and believe me, there was tons of fucking negative for this award show. But there were two moments that I thought were positive that came out of this. First was Liza Minnelli and Lady Gaga. Um yep. that that the, yeah. You know, the, it, it, poor Liza Minnelli was completely unprepared and confused. They just handed her her lines, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" And Lady Gaga totally had her back, and 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 it was a it was a sweet moment. That and Jamie Lee Curtis brought a dog to the Oscars. Did you guys see that little puppy? Yeah, which oh, was really yeah. confusing. But you know who adopted that puppy? The Rock did. Nice. No. No, no. Mm. Yeah, John Travolta's that puppy was being oh, was auctioned Travolta? off during the frickin' um, dead people part. <laughs> yeah, so, really yeah. Like Betty White. Betty White likes dogs. You like this dog? Have this dog. Right. Commercial. I mean, it was so <laughs> it was so bizarre that there was like this dog, but you know, I but it was a cute dog. I just wanted to focus on the doggy. <laughs> so, this is a uh, dog for anyone listening to the show. Anyone listening to the show right now, I can guarantee you. The trivia question that's going to come up is what was the name of the dog, and it was Mac and Cheese. That's M-A-C right. It dash was Mac and Cheese. Apostrophe and dash Cheese. I promise you that will be on future Oscar trivia. Which, by the way, is also a strain of weed that's very popular in this day. <laughs> right on. How would I know this? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah, so I, I made a mistake. It wasn't The Rock. It was John Travolta who adopted the doggy. John Travolta, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I Travolta I'm going back in time, and I'm showing 1975 John Travolta a picture of himself from Hairspray. That's all I'm using time travel for. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's put 
this Oscars to bed because I'm kind of done talking about it, and I'm sure people are going to talk about the Will Smith slap for another week or so until something else um, comes up. But let's start with Raven. What's your final thoughts on the Oscars for this year? Man. Um, <laughs> like, I kind of want to say never again. Like, they should just never again do this. But also, um, the good news is the sky is the limit now because I really think they have hit rock bottom for as ridiculous and forced and just random shit that can happen. Like, it's only up from here, guys. So let's get going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Aaron, nice. about you? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for how not to do an Oscars, I guess look no further than this past year. Uh, hopefully they will revisit taking the categories out that they did and I, I hate to see them banish musical numbers like they did briefly after that horrible, uh, was it Snow White or Cinderella with Rob Lowe after Snow, his. Uh, it was Snow White, little, it was Beach Blanket Babylon, it was a cold misfire. Yeah, and then we, we didn't have musical numbers for a while because musical numbers were bad. And I, I hope that's not what we see, but, you know, if it's musical numbers like we saw Sunday. I'm kind of okay yeah. if they go away, right? The the, the Snow yeah. White uh, the Snow White year was also the year they did the Young Star of the Coming Stars number. I don't, I don't know right, which was right. actually that worse. Was really it, I yeah, just remember that, was... that Rob Lowe had had this horrible scandal where he was videotaping himself and underage girls he picked up running at UCLA track and filming them and. Uh, and he still has a career, and now he's a conservative hero because, you know, pedophilia, what is that? Who cares? Wow. <laughs> we are, we are right. living the darkest, dumbest timeline. That's my takeaway. We are living in the darkest, dumbest timeline. We must be. Um, so, Oren, let's put this to bed, shall we? Talking to uh, so I, I, I think I'm still reeling about Cody Shrimp McPhee's loss. Um the other, the two leads I was happy with, the director I was happy with, I was really happy to see Billie Eilish win. Uh, yeah, I think Cody Shit McPhee stings. I thought he he was just amazing. Uh, would have been nice to have a young guy in that category for once. Um, and my other takeaway, I think the positive is that um, I really left the evening admiring Marley Matlin because, like, Aww. She's had a career for 30 years, and, like, how many people can get roles? Uh, how many people are giving roles to deaf actresses? And right. hopefully she got a producer's cut for this movie, because I have a feeling she was the glue that kept this together. So yeah, definitely. she's the winner of the night to me. Well, you know, every year something else comes up. I mean, I will say overall I thought it was better than the year before. Because the year before, I actually fell asleep on the awards. Uh, Last that was how was the only Oscars I didn't watch since I've yeah. been old enough to so, turn on the TV. But the ratings were not any better. It was it's slightly better. It's still the second lowest ratings in Oscar history. So what that the Ampest still doesn't know their audience is a shame. And yep. they really need to know who's actually watching the Oscars and why we watch the Oscars. 
If they, I don't know if they'll ever figure that one out. And what my takeaway is is that the Oscars can still be entertaining, but we got to get it out of ABC's hands. That's that's oh, my nerd. takeaway. Uh, Interesting. It, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I wish they'd rotate it, like you know, like some people let see that. There's something that, like, every year it gets it goes on a different channel, and the major networks take turns, and I can't even remember what it is. But that'd be cool for the Oscars. Yeah, no, the Disney Disney needs to let go of the Oscars and give it yeah. to a more deserving, um, I don't know if deserving, but someone that would curate it better, you know. And someone who's seen a movie would be a start. <laughs> And that has nothing to do with Bruno. I mean, they can't even do their own pro- product properly on the Oscars. Which, so that's my takeaway on this: is that let's just get Disney out of the Oscar business. But thank you all. That was a fantastic talk. Um, and uh, Lauren, I'm gonna let you go because I'm about to get personal and shit in the next few moments with with Aaron. I'm gonna keep raving on. But thank you for coming on. Do you have anything to plug? plug Uh, My my Twitter, I I have a Patreon. It's OK Journalist. OK Journalist, the word journalist. I have orenconheim.medium.com. And my Twitter is OKONH0WP. And And I um, also just want to say I'm glad we had hosts this year. Host is always better than no host. So at least they did that, right? Um, you have a um, Q&A coming up in April. Uh, that is correct. But um, I'm not – It's we're not sure if that's happening, but I'm trying my best to make it happen, yes. With uh, some right. stars of the uh, BYU t- a sketch comedy show called Studio C, yes. Okay. Oh, I don't know. BYU TV. Yeah. Well, thank thank you, Oren, for being on the show, and I hope you my pleasure. Um, and uh, we will talk to you again. I'm sure. Have a good one. Good night. You too. Bye. And there, and there were three. We're back to the core sexy witches here, um, and we have we have the long haul, not COVID long haul, but the long haul sexy witches. Um, before we go tonight, um, Aaron, you and I have some business to talk about for a few minutes. Um, it's my uh, we have a mutual uh, well, he's your your uncle, um, and he was my mm-hmm. former father-in-law for almost thirty years, Mr. Mike Michael Kogan. I wanted to talk about him for a moment, Raven, if you don't mind, um, because no. he unfortunately is in hospice care. And by the time we air again, I'm unfortunately, he will probably have passed on. And um, he might have been a small person in the world when it comes to celebrity, but he did make his own mark, Aaron. He actually, right? He had his own little thing happening. Um, Bay Records. Bay Records. I knew him for 30 years. I uh, was married to his son for 19 of those 30 years. Um, and, um, well, first of all, Bay Records, but even before that, him and his uh, ex-wife, Sheila Kogan, were members of the Washington, D.C. folk scene for a very long time. Um, they were there for the first Beatles performance in D.C. 
Um, and um, he uh, basically, they they were major on the pulse of the folk folk uh, folk in the 60s and 70s. Um, they crossed over to San Francisco in the 60s, and um, and then in the 70s, I believe. I don't know the exact date. Do you remember about when Bay Records was founded, Aaron? I don't. I, I the thing I remember about Bay Records, which I, I actually got to visit, um, was it was primarily folk and blues that they did. I think their biggest hit by far was uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. They it's the only the gold record he ever made. Um, yeah. So, uh, it's funny because, you know, the Bay Area, everyone thinks it was the Bay Records was named after the Bay Area. It was not. It was actually named after the Simon Lingard Funkle song, Scarble Affair. Um, he always said that was the missing uh, herb in the song. So Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, Thyme, and Bay. It, was, it should have been. So um, his wife, Sheila, designed the logo for Bay Records, which is a bay leaf. And... Um, hmm. They, they mostly did traditional jazz. Um, he did many, many recordings with a company in New Orleans called Stomp Off Jazz. Um, and um, they also did a lot of folk music. Um, he um, And he worked very closely with Arhuli Records, which is now part of the Smithsonian. Um, he was nominated for two Grammys, once in 2002 wow. and once again in 2012 for Best Historical Records. Um, and didn't win either time, but he was nominated twice. As a matter of fact, what was cool about the 2002 nomination, he was actually at the ceremony, and he got to see They Might Be Giants win an award. And so I always thought that was really cool. I remember the first time that he got to – because every year they randomly allow the uh, people to vote for the Grammys, right? He got this – this is before they were streaming. He got this huge box of CDs, DVDs. Uh, VHS tapes, because there's still VHS tapes in there, um, and you know, and we got to watch and listen to all this music. Um, he was extremely knowledgeable about music. He taught me about D- Dr. John. He talked me about Ry Cooter. He taught me about uh, Ali Taka Foray and world and uh, the Zulu rhythm and harmony. Uh, I I got my taste for ninety for world beat in the nineties because of Mike Kogan. Uh, and so while he might have been a small person in this world, his contribution is very, very great in its own way. And um, I'm going yeah. to miss him terribly. And uh, do you have any words you want to say, Aaron, as his cousin, as his, as his, as his, as his nephew, actually? As his nephew. Well, um, let's see. When he was born, my dad, Sherwin, who's now passed away, uh, wanted to name him Bambi. Um, he got outvoted, and it was Michael. Aww. But uh, I think he would have made a great Uncle Bambi. Um, everything you said was 100%. He, he's, he and uh, his father, Isaac, my grandfather, were the two most knowledgeable people on every music you could ever think of. Um, I, I didn't get that. Um, my brother Cameron is incredibly knowledgeable about a lot of different music, uh, primarily metal, but a lot of other funky things too. And then Paul, uh, uh, Paul, uh, my cousin 
has incredible knowledge and incredible weird things where he can uh, do music backwards. And, and like I say, I, that, that gene skipped me right by. I, I appreciate music, and music's one of the cornerstones of my life, but I am nothing compared to those people. It, it, um, didn't, Mike it, was, didn't, skip it, my son, it didn't skip my daughter, though. Um, the Evil Genius. Right on. You know, when I even <laughs> running when we're at the professional wrestling shows, the thing that they're doing is running down to the sound booth to talk to the sound engineers almost every time. Nice. And 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 <laughs> even at even at age five, like we're at Artscape, you know, live show, she breaks free and just runs to the front of the stage. Can't stop her. So you know, <laughs> it, it, it 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 it's in the blood comes in by nature and uh i you know he also was not only was he a great studio recorder he was also one of the best yeah. live sound he also did sound for sporting events he was actually at the uh, at the um candlestick park during the earthquake during the world series yes he was so uh you know uh it, it and he also worked for and he probably also gave us one of the greatest contributions to comedy of all time. He was working for KQED, PBS station in San Francisco, went to England and saw what he said was the funniest sketch comedy show he'd ever seen. He brought Monty Python's Flying Circus to America. Uh, that right in itself on. is one of the greatest contributions to comedy in the history of ever, and we will always be in a debt for that. Uh, you know, so uh, I'm going to miss him terribly. And it's he had a great life. He had a good run. He's 79. He turns 80 yeah. on the 13th. Might not make it, yeah. but and the world will be missed without him. So a little bit, a little bit, a mm. little bit smaller. But yeah. anyway, I thought we might want to give him a shout out while we're on air. That was beautiful. Love you, Uncle Mike. Here's Uncle Mike. I'm drinking a shot to him right now. <sighs> uh, so anyway, on, but once again, he brought some amazing beauty to this world and some great music. And, um, you know, him and Chris Strakowitz brought some of the greatest folk music and actually got it on tape, <laughs> which is, like, important because a lot of folk yeah. music would be lost because it's all oral tradition. And, yep. you know, and if it wasn't for them, we would have lost a, uh, many, many oral traditions of Appalachia, of Eastern Europe, yeah. all these places that they went to to record these people singing. So it was a good thing. So thank you, Mike, for everything. And uh, it was a pleasure to be your daughter-in-law for 19 years. So anyway, now I'm all emotional. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm I don't know what our next show is going to be. Let me look. <laughs> um, it'll be in April because that's next month. Uh, we will do a madness show next month uh, for the hundred hundred days till Halloween. Whether I actually do the madness or not, I don't know. I'm still debating, but we will announce a theme 
so if we do do a madness, people can go ahead and start preparing. So um, I was thinking that probably will be either the 13th would probably be the most likely date for that. It's also spring break, so that might be a good time to do that because um, the 6th is too soon. Um, would you sound like a, a plan? You guys want to meet back on the 13th? Whatever's clever. Yeah. We'll be around. Whatever's all right, so we will plan for 100 Days of Halloween on the 13th uh, Madness Show, and uh, we'll talk about this year's theme, which I had already was thinking about, but after the magical box set came into being, <clears throat> that right like, just uh, I was like, it solidified what I want to do this year. So and now whether I do it as – as the bracket or as the binge, that's another question entirely. I'm leaning towards the binge uh, in this case, uh, but we'll we'll talk about that more. Um, this will be the first year that I actually get to pick the theme myself without having <laughs> to ask Raven's permission, because Raven usually wins the madness. This I won the madness last year, so. <laughs> but I'm sure Raven will approve of anything that I do. So, cause, I you know, I, I mean, other than I got your point. Yeah. You always have. And thank you. <laughs> I know Raven, this was not the easiest show for you on many levels. So I really thank you for being on the show today. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Sorry. you. Thanks. Aaron, I appreciate it's you. Always, it's always wonderful to have you on the show. Oh. And, um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate we, it. I really do. Yep, and, you know, we, we'll work on some getting some more guests. Raven has a few things up her sleeve. I'm going to ask Jeremy Kipp to be on the show. Maybe he'll even be on our next episode. Um, he did Slapface mm-hmm. on uh, Shutter, would be and it, yeah. would also right. fit our, it would fit our theme also. Um, yeah. So, well, and also yeah. it fits the Oscar theme, too. Oh, it does, doesn't it? I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. All right, sorry, not sorry. You know, no, you're not sorry. Not sorry. Neither one of us are sorry for that. It's actually. I did. I did watch Flatface actually, so I really want to get Jeremy on the show. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, if you're listening, be on our show on the 13th. Anyway, so we will try to meet again on the 13th of April. Um, this is the Sexy Witches with Raven and Aaron and myself. And thank you, Joe. I think Joe was part of the Gentleman's Club podcast. So nice. um, I, wow. I, I recognize his voice. So I wish he had plugged his shit. Oh, but wow. thank you for being on the show. And yeah, uh, Warren, you. thank you for subbing at the last minute. Uh, we appreciate it. And um, anyway, we're going to actually leave tonight with, I actually am going to go ahead and play Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer, because yes, why the yes. fuck not? We can be anachronistic on our show, because I can. Elmo and Patsy, <laughs> we're, uh, and the, like I said, the only gold record that Mike Kogan ever had, it was on his wall, but I knew it was meant to be when I saw it, so... Uh, Thank you all. Good night. Blessed be good film hunting. And Oscars, get your shit together. We miss you. Talk to you later. Bye now. (laughs) Bye. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You 
say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe She'd been drinking too much eggnog And we begged her not to go But she forgot her medication And she staggered out the door into the snow When we found her Christmas morning At the scene of the attack She had hoof prints on her forehead And incriminating claws marks on her back Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now we're all so proud of Grandpa He's been taking this so well See him in there watching football Drinking beer and playing cards with Cousin Mel It's not Christmas without Grandma All the family's dressed in black And we just can't help but wonder Should we open up her gifts or send them back? Send them back! Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Now the goose is on the table And the pudding made of big ah, And the blue and silver candle That would just have matched the hair in Grandma's wig I've warned all my friends and neighbors Better watch out for yourself Never give a license to a man who drives a sleigh and plays with elves. Grandma got run over by a reindeer, walking home from our house Christmas Eve. You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. Sing it, Grandpa. Grandma got run over by a reindeer.